Today on Cross Defense, I'm compared to a Westboro Baptist, and we're going to talk about biblical communication and building conversational bridges. You might have heard that phrase before, but probably not the same way that I'm going to give it to you in response to a listener's email who thinks I am fundamentally flawed. All of that and more is coming up right now on Cross Defense. Welcome to Cross Defense, my friends. This is the show that aims to equip the mind, excite the imagination, and comfort the soul, and aims to do it all with God's Word, both His law and His gospel rightly divided. I'm your host, Reverend Tyrell Bramwell. I'm the pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church way out here in Ferndale, California, the wonderful Cream City, California, where a retired police officer regularly, and I mean regularly, displays why a Bachelor of Arts degree from UC Berkeley isn't worth the cost of Sunday's edition of Eureka's Time Standard newspaper. (laughs) You might get that reference later in the show. If during the show you decide you'd like to send us your comments, your questions, your bits, of biblical brilliance, because I know you got them, you can do so through the contact page at stmarksferndale.com slash contact. That's S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com slash contact. You can also find the church, this is true, and I'm sorry to say, I didn't tell you this before, but you can find the church's Instagram and Facebook pages out there on those social media platforms. So if you want to get get through to me on those comms lines, those are being checked on a regular basis too, and I should have probably told you that before. Uh, Nothing personal for me, although someone did tell me that I still do have an Instagram, Instagram account active, so I should probably go and delete that because I hate social media. But if you're on social media, you can find St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California. You'll see our winged lion logo and all of our different uh, stuff going on online and everything and our print publications and all this kind of stuff. You'll see it. You can't forget it. Um, Instagram, Facebook, you can send us messages there too. Or if you have a general comment about the show and you want to leave a rating and a review on the platform that you use to tune into this show, well, dude, we would love that you do that. We would appreciate it to the moon and back. Anything you can do to help us spread the good word that you get here at Cross Defense is greatly, and I mean greatly appreciated. Okay, my friends. So the inbox is full of answers to last week's question about how the high holy month of America's state-established LGBTQ religion was celebrated in your part of the country and up in Canada. And I truly appreciate all of your replies. And I'm happy. I'm ecstatic to inform you that the demons have not yet spread their lawless religion to every city on the continent. No, sir, not at all. Leave it to Missouri to hold the line. They didn't tolerate Mormon evil and at least in Table Rock Lake. So it seems LGBTQ sin has been held at bay. David wrote in saying, reporting in from Table Rock Lake, Missouri, we heard no hint of this abomination here where we live. If it's here, we missed it. There are apostate churches here too, but I have seen no flag so far. Thanks be to God. Yes, thank you, Lord. And please, Lord, keep David and his family and his neighbors in Table Rock Lake free from this false doctrine all the days of their lives. Amen. All right, my friends, I'm going to hold off on sharing some of the rest of your messages because 
some very interesting activity has developed here in Humboldt County relating to the LGBTQ stuff, right? The heresy uh, that's seeking to devour our neighbors, my neighbors here in Ferndale and throughout Humboldt County. Uh, and it's going to allow us to actually take on a different topic. And I don't know about you, but after June, I need a breath of fresh air or at least a reprieve, a slight reprieve, a different angle to take on a different topic related to this bigger topic. So a very important topic is going to come your way right now. It's a, it's a topic about building bridges. It's a topic about biblical communication. And it's certainly, certainly going to equip your minds and most indubitably help you in your cross defense, in your cross defense, which will help you bring the comfort of souls, Jesus Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins to your neighbors as you receive it yourself each and every Sunday at church. So we're talking about communicating biblical truth in a world that's teeming with false teachers of false gospels. Strength in the face of those who would just as soon stone you for speaking God's law and gospel as they would listen to you. That's what we're talking about today. So keep sending in your summaries of how the false LGBTQ doctrine manifested itself uh, and its false practice near you. In the meantime, I was honored to find that I made the front page of Eureka's Time Standard newspaper up there in Eureka. It's called the Time Standard paper in Eureka. <laughs> That's the best way to say that, which is the big city. It's 12 miles north of Ferndale up 101, the 101, if you're a Californian, where many of our members actually live and work. They come in to this community to go to church here, but they live in Eureka. They live actually all over the county. And I'm in the various papers throughout the county all the time because mine is a woke county that isn't used to biblical communication. It's not used to orthodox pastors holding the line and speaking true words in the face of lies. But the front page of the Time Standard was a bit of a surprise. The headline reads, Ferndale pastor uses violent Seth Kinman tale as metaphor to ridding city of LGBTQ plus people. That was the headline. Now, if you don't know, you might need to know this for this to really hit home for you. Uh, Seth Kinman, if you don't know who that is, you should look him up. He's worth the, the uh, Google, anyway, the Google search. He was a frontiersman like, uh, like Davy Crockett who told tall tales and, and did these sorts of uh, frontiersman-y things, hunting and, and fighting Indians and, and trapping and all this kind of stuff, living on the frontier back in the old days. Uh, and he gifted President Andrew Johnson with a grizzly bear chair. I especially like that one. But he also gave antler chairs to President uh, Buchanan, President Abraham Lincoln, and President uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, that guy. Um, so... He's no lightweight when it comes to American history, a figure in American history. He was the kind of hero that 60, 70 years ago, Disney would have made movies about, right? But not anymore. No, now he's sort of persona non grata. He's too violent. He fought Indians. He was, he was a bad guy now. In the Sunday edition, on July 2nd, UC Berkeley grad Sage Alexander wrote, Tyrell Bramwell, the pastor of St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Ferndale, 
who uses anti-gay rhetoric in his sermons and church signs, published a pamphlet this month that encourages his followers to look for a fair opening and bang away at LGBTQ plus people. Quite the hook, right? If your goal as a reporter is to scare people, especially to scare LGBTQ people, this is a good way to get that done, wouldn't you say? I continue. Bramwell uses a Seth Kinman story about protecting food from bears to illustrate his point. Kinman was a notorious early settler of Humboldt County, known for his hunting prowess, the chairs he created, and his brutality toward indigenous tribes. And by brutality, this young reporter, uh, what he means is the brutality of war, whereas a frontiersman, which is what Kinman was, where he worked with the United States military out of Fort Humboldt in Eureka to protect the American settlers during a time when America was at war with various tribes. There were battles all the time. We call these battles. Battle of Little Bighorn. These, why do we call them battles? Well, because we were at war. Nations were warring against each other. Do I condone it? No. Is that the reality? Yes. Is war brutal? Uh-huh. It is. I continue. The LGBTQ bears smelled our provisions and they are in our town, Bramwell said in a video recording of the edition of his pamphlet, The Ferndale Fortitude. The Fortitude is published by St. Mark's. And, and guys, you can check out the video on my YouTube channel. I'll leave a link in the show notes below, the show description. Um, and it, I got to say, it's kind of odd reading a report about me, about what I wrote. So it, 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 what do they call that? About 10 years ago, they would have called that meta, right? It's very meta. In the story, Kenman wounds a bear with a round from his rifle. And then his mule, Old Dave, kicks and stomps the bear. Bramwell says the story ends with the mule and Kinman triumphant and the bear running back to the brush. Bramwell claims he keeps fighting these brutes, but adds, if we're going to protect the souls of our family and friends from those who give approval to sin, we need you to play the part of our famed frontiersman. And as we read past the ellipsis, look for a fair opening and bang away, just as Kinman would say. Speak truth to the LGBTQ lies and help us drive these bears back into the dense brush where they're glad to escape, Bramwell said. Skipping ahead, guys, for the sake of time, Bramwell describes himself as the mule in the story who endures the claws of the bear and helps Kinman. He warns that LGBTQ plus people have demonstrated that if we don't have a little fight in us, they'll try to get into the food, which, in this metaphor, are traditional Christian values. He notes that LGBTQ plus people have lived in Ferndale long before him. And that's true. Bramwell's sermons have previously claimed that drag is a mockery of God. And he spells God with a lowercase g. If you didn't know that. And promotes gender confusion, which is right. That's what it does. Signs are regularly posted by the church with anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric beginning in June 2021. The sign prompted Ferndale's Pride March to meet outside the church. It read, hurt by, <laughs> to meet outside the church. I mean, to protest outside the church. It read, hurt by LGBTQ culture, healing here. Last Sunday, participants in Las Coast Pride's Ferndale event marched again, 
The signs from the church have continued to target LGBTQ plus people and accuse local political groups and Humboldt County Supervisor Rex Bone of supporting LGBTQ plus people. Well, I prayed for Rex Bone because he did support LGBTQ plus people. Uh, I don't know what other political groups you're talking about, but there are groups like the Chamber of Commerce who claim not to be political, who had a closed-door, secret, select-few citizen meeting with a local congressman or something, a state congressman. I don't know. There's stuff going on, but that's not just me. That's the stuff that's going on about the LGBTQ, and I'm speaking against it because it is sin, as Jesus says. Jer Bob Bowden, a Ferndale resident, said that Ferndale Fortitude has been distributed in public, including front porches, and once on a board in the post office, which was taken down by the postmaster. <laughs> well, of course, they're distributed in public. That's the idea with pamphleteering, a practice, by the way, that is as American as the 4th of July. Every Ferndale fortitude gets hung in the post office and, and on every other bulletin board I can find. I don't know about putting it on porches. I don't think I've ever left a fortitude on a porch, but I do leave them around town where there are public places to put public publications and these sorts of things, flyers and whatnot, including at the liquor store where if you're listening locally, you can grab one every time they come out. Thank you to uh, the wonderful people over at the liquor store. And you can also get them at Butterfat Books if you're local. But most of you guys probably are not local. So let's continue with the story. In terms of printed material, this bulletin, is a new step, Jerry Bob Bowden said, and in my opinion, a step too far, he said. He also found that using Kinman as a vehicle is too much because of the violence Kinman committed against indigenous people during his life. Images of Kinman are used on the pamphlet. <laughs> we can't even use images of American iconic figures who gave things to the presidents, multiple presidents of this country. They're, they're off limits, guys. You cannot use a, a picture of a mountain man who has a coon hat and wears buckskin leathers and sits on chairs with his gun made of antlers, not the gun, but the chairs. Uh, we can't use those anymore. Davy Crockett, for all intents and purposes, is off limits. That's right. So see, dear Christian, dear cross-defense listener, the game here is to tell people without outright saying it, because they can't, because I didn't, that I've called for violence against LGBTQ people. That's the game. Even though the reporter recognizes that my use of Seth Kinman's tall tale is a metaphor to encourage my neighbors to speak truth to lies, he quotes me there, he read my intent, he sees what I'm doing, but still wants to paint me as encouraging violence. That's all he needs to do. Truth doesn't matter if the headline and the hook can leave people with the impression that I'm a dangerous guy. And I'll tell you this, he accomplished his goal. Have a listen to this message that one of his readers left on my machine. Pastor Bramwell, I'm a married heterosexual man, and I just read your story. That is the most unchristian thing I've ever heard in my life. Are you trying to be Westboro Baptist Church with your gay bashing? You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm praying for your soul. God bless your soul. The caller left me his name and number, and I called him back 
And when he said that he read my story, what he meant was he read Sage Alexander's story about me in the paper. We talked for about 40 minutes, in which time I was able to convey from Scripture that my intent is to love LGBTQ people so that they don't perish but reach repentance and live and that if they are unwilling to repent and continue to muster their supporters to set up shop in Ferndale, then yeah, I want to do everything in my power to drive them out of town so that my neighbors, present and future, will not be tempted into their sinful behavior. Guess where I took him? He didn't want to go there, but guess Guess what Bible verse I cited so that he could go take a look at? Yeah, that's right. Matthew 18, 6. That's the verse I cited, and we'll talk about that in just a minute when we get back from this first break. Thanks for listening to Cross Defense. We'll be right back. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Put this wisdom of God into practice by listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple, and faithful pastors from around the world help sharpen my faith in Christ every episode. I know you'll be blessed by listening and studying God's Word with us. Listen to Sharper Iron weekdays at 8 a.m. on KFUO and on demand at KFUO.org, the KFUO radio app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. So we're going to Matthew 18, 6, right? Let's start at verse 1 for context. And there we read, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And we might want to point out right here that what we're about to learn from Jesus himself is in the context of teaching against pride. Whoever humbles himself like this little child, whoever receives one, Jesus says, one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Let me ask you, dear saint, does that sound violent to you? Yeah, kind of does, doesn't it? Kind of sounds like something Tony Soprano might say. Someone needs to be sleeping with the fishes with his concrete shoes on, right? A little bit violent. Who said it? Jesus did. Kind of makes you say... This is serious stuff. My pamphlet, it used a metaphor with a gun in it. So that makes it completely out of bounds here in California and wherever leftists rule the day. Guns are bad juju. But none of the characters died, did they? The LGBTQ bear, he wasn't killed. He was driven away. How about Jesus? When he talked about the ones who lead his little ones into sin, does he hold back the way Kinman did, the way I did, from the strongest possible language? Even the language of death? Not for a second. 
it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea, he says. What do you think, Mr. Alexander? Over there at the Time Standard, what do you think about Jesus' words? Is he calling for violence against the LGBTQ? Or might he be expressing a very firm, cautionary warning against those who mess with God's people, who lead innocent, vulnerable people into sin, who lead Christians who aren't so innocent, who aren't so vulnerable into sin. We all are the little ones in Matthew 18.6. See, my friends, biblical communication isn't all teddy bears and cotton candy, as you know. God's word, the truth, has sharp edges. It has warnings. It has stern words of caution and threat. And God carries out his threats. Jesus continues in Matthew 18, 7, Woe to the world for temptation to sin. For it's necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptations come. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than with eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. Side note, I don't think 2023's Western man is capable of understanding the nuance of that particular verse. If we can't understand the use of a metaphor, we can't understand the use of hyperbole, can we? Now, Alexander tried to reach me via email, but I was on my day off and I didn't see it until Sunday morning after I saw the paper. That's at least more than other reporters have done here in Humboldt County. And recently, one of our brothers here at St. Mark Lutheran Church wrote to the editor of the North Coast Journal with that in mind, that idea that the reporter there, the NCJ, didn't reach out to me before he reported his article. And uh, he wrote this letter to the editor, which hasn't been published yet. I don't think it ever will be. But he titled his letter, Heterophobia or Xenophobia? And this is what our dear Christian brother said. The Reverend Bramwell is an open book. Just ask him. As mentioned in the article, the Reverend has web presence for those unwilling to meet in person. Yet the press creates news by presenting one side of the story rather than interviewing to find the truth. It's not the purview of the press to create news, only to report it. The Reverend offers to counsel individuals and groups, yet the unwilling shout down or simply ignore his words. Events at the church since 2021 prove this. Protests in front of and vandalism to the church revolve around verbiage on the sign, yet only the LGBTQ++++ <laughs> protest. Where are the protesters when the sign speaks against drunkenness or pornography or adultery and a whole list of other sins? 
The only vandals to attack the church are in support of the LGBTQ+++++. The only threats against the reverend and his family come from supporters of the LGBTQ+++++. How many pluses does he have there? It's four, right? The church has yet to stand witness in court against these attacks as it's not the Christian way. Forgiveness and salvation are the Christian way. Parishioners from all over the county come over the bridge, and that was the, uh, that was the accusation. That was the concern that radical, I was drawing in a radical element across the bridge from the other parts of the county to Ferndale. Well, yeah, we do draw in people across the bridge. We're bridge builders in that regard. But uh, they come from all over the county is what this dear saint is saying. As he continues, as likely it is that St. Mark's is the only remaining Orthodox Christian church within the Redwood Curtain. Sermons spoke by the Reverend are from the Holy Bible, both the law and the gospel. The Bible references mankind's sins against God. Those that profess knowledge of God, including LGBTQ++++, oh wait, I think he might have left off a plus there, that use God's symbol of a covenant with man, choose to be contrary to the word of God, as they possibly suffer from, and here's his point, xenophobia or heterophobia. Is the reverend homophobic, or is it more likely that the LGBTQ++++ cannot deal with their own sins without help from God, which leads back to the signage offering help to those who seek it. The letter, my friends, has yet to be published. And it's not to be expected that the world wants to uh, not censor the church. certainly wants to censor Christians. It wants to censor the truth. And so we don't expect it to be published anytime soon. But now let's shift gears a little bit. Same topic, different angle, using that as as our pivot point. Because when Christians censor themselves, that is a tragedy. And that's what so many churches and so many pastors are doing these days in the face of blatant unrepentant sin. A pastor wrote in last week, and I hope it was an unwitting case of this, but but I did get this email from him, and that is what's happening. He says he's a Lutheran pastor, but I don't think he's a part of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod. And I'm going to omit his name, actually. I'm going to omit it in an effort to keep the Eighth Commandment. But he did write in, so I want to take the time to engage his comment. He took the time to engage with me and my words. I want to do the same for him. You might have noticed that my practice on this show is to omit your last names, everyone's last name, when I read your comments out of courtesy to you. Taking it one step further, I'm going to omit the entire name of those people who write in with a message that I'm going to refute. It just seems like the loving thing to do to protect their reputation. So here we go. The email reads, Dear Reverend Bramwell, although I generally agree with your moral stance, being a Bible-believing, Augsburg confession-confessing Lutheran pastor myself, I think that your approach is fundamentally flawed. We do not live in a theocracy, and the USA has never been a Christian country, not by a long shot. Consequently, democratic militarism by protest or by litigation can only go so far. Instead of broadcasting, 
marching and protesting about LGBTQ civil rights, he says. Maybe a more reasonable and evangelistically viable approach can be found in trying to build conversational bridges. Saying either no or yes can only go so far if one only preaches to the faithful who adhere to his, her particular perspective. A Mars Hill approach, not an Elijah among the prophets of Baal approach, is required in our current context. The entirely just anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Okay, so I'm not going to take up the theocracy stuff because I've never contended for America to be a theocracy. Uh, we could deal with all the American Christianity stuff later. I d- disagree with him, but that's beside the point for today's show. So first, with respect to the, the James 1.20 quote there at the end of his email, I want to ask him, I want to ask you, sir, are you assuming that I'm angry? And the follow-up question would be, why are you assuming that I'm angry? Strength isn't equivalent to anger. Standing firm and calling a spade a spade according to God's law and gospel does not necessitate anger. In fact, anger is, far more often than not, strength's enemy, the Achilles heel of strength. In that, it clouds one's vision. It dulls the senses. Now, I will grant that I do get angry from time to time when I stop and I I think about Christ's little ones being led into sin, being tempted into sin, being abused and mutilated and, and killed and all these things that are going on to even biologically, chronologically, little ones. Not just Christians in general, but every the little children who are suffering from the transgender movement, the, the little kids that are being killed in utero, these sorts of things. That Yeah, I will admit to you, that makes me angry inside. But I will stop short of saying I'm working from a place of anger. No, sir. No more than a soldier on the battlefield would. And he doesn't. That's a misconception. We can war without malice and murderous hearts. Even while we fight fiercely and victoriously against the opposing army, don't take the fierceness of a soldier as anger in his heart to get the job done. He's just fierce and victorious. He's warring well. I'm at war. As are you as a Lutheran pastor. Indeed, every Christian is at war. I don't know what synod you're in, but as a Bible-believing Christian, you are at war against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, Ephesians 6.12, right? And since you cited James 1.20, let's read the next verse as well, 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. What is meekness? That is strength subdued, restrained, which is able to save your souls, James says. Brother, I also want to contend or commit to you James 4.4. It's really good for reproof. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. 
Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. See, we're dealing with biblical communication. Christian clergy have been talking about building conversational bridges for decades. While the church is dying and while the culture is becoming more and more pagan. So how are your conversational bridges coming along? Are they built yet? See, we never talk about building these bridges in terms of the truth, the reality of being the church militant, which we are. Why does, and maybe you can answer this for me, honestly, truthfully, why does the bridge building argument always seem to be given as an alternative to boldly speaking truth to lies as if we're talking about work being done by civil engineers working in the safety of the homeland where there's no fear of of being attacked instead of the way it should be brought up as an analogy as the construction battalion in the military building bridges under threats of attack under bombardment while the enemy is right over there in the brush. And yet you're building that conversational bridge. See, that's the right reference. We're Seabees building bridges, sir. Yes, we are building bridges as Seabees. That, I would say, is exactly what a strong Christian witness against the neo-pagan culture does, using both the law and the gospel, rightly divided, as is appropriate. It builds bridges for the isolated and the alienated Christians trapped behind enemy lines. It builds bridges to them who've been abandoned by the church. You know how many people are coming to our church now, sir? Because they, like the member here at the church wrote in his letter to the editor, we're the last remaining Orthodox church behind the Redwood Curtain. That's not to say we're the last church. There's many congregations out here. Eureka's full of them. Ferndale has six just in our town of 1,300 people. Fortuna has a bunch more. And then there's Arcata. We got plenty of them. But they've abandoned the soldiers behind enemy lines. They've been taken over by the enemy. See, it builds bridges to these saints who don't think there's still a faithful church out there when all of a sudden faithful pastors start speaking truth and they go, oh, there it is. There's the battalion. I'm headed home. They're coming to get me. We build bridges so that God's soldiers can penetrate enemy territory and rescue not only the Christians who are still on the battlefield behind enemy lines, but prisoners of war who've been taken captive by the spiritual forces of evil. And I would say that's where the LGBTQ are. These people are possessed and oppressed and deceived by demons. What you call my broadcasting, marching, and protesting about LGBTQ civil rights, I know to be the effective bridge building in the midst of war. And how do I know it's effective? Because I haven't stopped teaching new member classes since I spoke faithfully against the LGBTQ two years ago. And I want to mention here that it's LGBTQ sins. The civil rights label, moniker, category, that gives them what they're saying. It's a lie. That's not true. This isn't a civil rights movement. 
This is people advocating that their sin be tolerated. We don't tolerate sin. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Yeah? Paul said that. Again, 1 Corinthians 5.5. 5. I've mentioned that several times the last month. Where are those who are driving out from within the church the evil influence that leavens the whole lump? Okay, we got more to say on that. So let's take a break and we'll come right back and we'll talk more about this email. And we'll get to actually what I want to get to, which is the Elijah and the Paul reference. That's where the good stuff is. So, okay, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Cross Defense. Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Phil Boo, host of Thy Strong Word. Each weekday morning at 11 a.m., join me and a guest pastor as we explore God's Word, which strengthens our faith and guides our lives. You can listen over the air, online at kfuo.org, or through your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Thy Strong Word, only from KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Oh, man, oh, man, we are back, and we're right in it. So, yes, my friends, I want you to hear this, hear this well, that it is good to build bridges, conversational bridges, whatever kind of bridges you're thinking about, but these are bridges being built in the midst of warfare. And we, you and I, dear saint, Christians are the construction battalion, and pastors ought to be the officers in charge of that construction battalion. But see, this is where the next part of the email betrays our friend's words. And I don't, I don't like to say this. I don't like to go here, but it's true. So let me quote again for clarity's sake. So our brother pastor, but all of us can learn from this. Saying either no or yes can only go so far, he writes, if one only preaches to the faithful who adhere to his, her particular perspective. A Mars Hill approach, not an Elijah among the prophets of Baal approach, is required in our current context. Brother, it's not the no or the yes that can only go so far. If that were the case, the Lord himself would not have said, let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil, Jesus says, Matthew 5.37. Do you hear the call to simplicity, my friend? It's, it's actually thinking that the yes and the no are only good for Christians in the pews when you're preaching to the choir and are not good for the world when that text actually is talking about your oath in front of the world. So thinking that's not good enough, that you as, as the man have to massage the yes, deliver the no, be able to use your, your personality and your gifts there. That's, that's the, the language that starts talking, uh, when we start talking like that, that leads toward human wisdom, which is foolishness, getting in the way of God's foolishness, which is wisdom. Yeah, yes and no are super good, and they will go all the way and not just for your Christians in the pews, but for every person who hears God's yes, the gospel, and no, the law. We are stewards of the mysteries of God, my friend. We have one job to do. And if I might cut to the chase, that is to speak God's yes and God's no faithfully. Not cleverly, not creatively, and most certainly not compromisingly. And so you present Paul 
as the model of ministry. And he tells us that we all need to be faithful. He says that's all we need to be is faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 to 3, go there with me. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards, managers of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. That's what's required of us. Fidelity to God's word. But with me, Paul continues, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any (laughs) human court. When we only care about our Lord's judgment, we're freed from worrying about the judgments of men, even our own judgment of ourselves. And that cuts away the human wisdom that gets in our way as we draw from our own experience in the ministry, especially as clergy. But for Christians in general in life, we start to rely more on on our experience of things and we, we stop being like those little children who humbly trust Jesus who humbly trust that God's yes and God's no, as we speak, our simple yes and our simple no is enough to get through to people, to rescue prisoners of war, to build bridges, to bring in those who are caught behind enemy lines. See, you set up a false dichotomy between two faithful servants of the Lord, Elijah and Paul, calling for us to be more like Paul in the Areopagus. But but this is where you misapply Elijah, using his contest with the prophets of Baal analogously, allegorically even, suggesting that my contest with the LGBTQ is like Elijah's contest. And it, and it has to be uh, analogous because I haven't actually had a head-to-head my God versus their God invocation battle, and it won't end with me slaughtering the sisters of perpetual indulgence or something like this. But then, but then you go on and you apply Paul historically, not analogously, but again, not accurately, because Paul had an invitation to present Jesus to his hearers. He was, he was called to do that. There was some mocking. There was some rebuff. They called him a babbler. But, but then they asked him, what is this strange word that you say? Whereas the LGBTQ, not just here in Ferndale, but across the country, are refusing refusing to listen to Christians, and in fact, are acting more, more like the prophets of Baal, which is probably why you ended up going there, because there is a lot of connection to what they're doing and what the pagans do in their worship practices, which is exactly why last episode I called them a religion. They are, even if they don't know it themselves. So, so what do we do here? Certainly, we can't continue with your paradigm. It's faulty. It's bunk. It's bogus. It's no good. Sorry, friend. So how about we throw out allegorizing the Old Testament and we go to the historical example in scripture, like you were trying to do with Paul, but let's go to the one that scripture provides for itself for us. And that would be, I think, and correct me if if I'm wrong, Stephen. Like him, we have the spirit and, and the wisdom that he was given. And like him, we're contending against people who are resisting the Holy Spirit. He preached a powerful Old Testament sermon showing God's glorious faithfulness to his people, pointing out that Jesus is our Savior, the righteous one, come. And then, as a battle-filled bridge builder that he was, 
is he called things as they are, saying to his hostile audience, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. See, brother, like in my situation, like in the church's situation all across the Western world, Stephen wasn't speaking only to people who adhere to his perspective. He's not speaking just to those in his pews, as I'm not either. He was speaking the truth of God's word to people who hate God's word, people who have developed a history of despising and rejecting the righteous one. And so, there was one word that he needed to convey to them, the word of the law. That's what they needed to hear. And I know that goes against your idea of of, uh, civil engineers building conversational bridges because of what happens next. But this was, make no mistake, when he called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised, it wasn't out of anger. It was out of love. This law word is the loving word to preach in this situation, the situation we find ourselves in right now. The end of his sermon is great. Let's read it. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? The prophets were persecuted. Are we pastors persecuted today? Well, we ought to be. If we're doing our jobs, we probably will be. And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by the angels and did not keep it. Acts 7, 51 to 53 there. This is what faithful bridge building looks like when carried out by the Christian construction battalion, our saviors, Seabees. See, Stephen wasn't called to be Elijah, nor was I or you or any Christian pastor. We know that. We serve in the era of the church, the New Testament era, these last dark days. And our warfare, unlike the prophet's warfare, doesn't include the physical sword. We get that. But it does include the spiritual one, which has two edges to it, both gospel and law, for the proper cutting at the right time, which is best wielded, I would say, by the man willing to die for it. Stephen was called to speak truth faithfully to a culture filled with people who rejected Jesus. And the bridge he built on Christ's battlefield as a CB was constructed of stones, make no mistake, with his very own body laid as the foundation. That is the model for us, my friend. Are you building bridges with your life? Are you losing your life that you might find it? So that others will find it? as they hear your words about Christ, as they hear your words of law and gospel? Or is what you call building bridges a sophisticated effort of preserving your life and therefore losing it? Preserving it with theologically loaded language, sure, that leaves you comfortably alive for now while Christ's little ones are being tempted into sin. That's an honest question, and only you can answer it but it's there for you. American pastors over the course of the last 60, 70 years, even up to my very own band of brothers, my crop of pastors have proven by their actions that they, one, don't know what sort of bridges we're building and in what context, right? We're not civil engineers, but 
CBs, and two, what true, faithful, law gospel, biblical communication, conversational bridges sound like. So we have a duty to love the Lord's people, not behind the castle's high, strong walls where civil engineers have time to erect elaborate, gorgeous, and delicate bridges free from the threat and of, of any kind of threat and with all the time in the world. No, not like that, but out where God's people are being taken captive by the devil and his demons daily. That's where we build our bridges. According to the faithful acknowledgement that the only time we've been given for this mission to build this bridge is today, because this is the day we have. Keeping with your metaphor, brother, build it or don't. But today is the only day you know for certain that you have to get it built. And just to be clear, what we're talking about is the saving of souls. Anything less than the most urgent effort to get the bridge built, to communicate boldly, biblically, puts souls at risk. And I know we're all sinners and we're all weak men and we fail at this miserably. But this does not mean that we start to justify our inaction trying to look for examples that are not accurate. So, uh, because I know that there are many people out there who find it hard to believe that you can be strong and confident and loudly, unapologetically speak truth using both law and gospel without being angry at all at the people who are despising God's word, in fact, loving them, because of that, I want to share with you my interaction with St. Mark's Chalk vandal. <laughs> this LGBTQ devotee sees signs that she doesn't like from time to time in front of our church, and she comes and she chalks different messages on the sidewalk in front of our sign. And we've caught her on video before, but the other day I was home for lunch and I looked out the window and I saw her doing it, and I approached her. I didn't, didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I was getting into. And so I approached her with caution and I recorded it. I think that it is far more important to love everybody regardless. I love loving people. Okay. What, can you define love for me? Being open and kind and welcoming others as they are, regardless of how they present or who they love, because loving people is loving people. It doesn't matter well, if it's... If I love a man or a woman or somebody in between. So you, your definition of love, but you tell me if this is right. I don't want to put words in your okay. mouth, but am I hearing you right to say that it's affirming what you want to do with your body and your life? Yeah. That's yeah, love? I think God would be happy for me. I think Jesus would love me regardless. I think Jesus would welcome me with open arms regardless of if I married a woman or if I married a man. Even though his scriptures say otherwise? So where, where are you basing your... Jesus would be sad if he saw these signs, frankly. But, but where are you basing your reasoning from? Your own opinions on it? Or what you hope to be true? Or, I mean, I'll, honestly, because what we're doing is we're, we're going to objective truth. And, and it's Jesus a book came. that was written thousands and thousands of years ago. And I think that objective truth left a little while ago. And I think that it's what people need for to have hope and things like that. And I just don't think this is sad. Well, what I think is sad is to let a lot of people think they're, they're fine and they're happy and they're, everything is going to work out well. And then on judgment day, they're going to be in hell. I think that's horrible that anybody I would believe think. in hell. I know, but it's true. It's a real thing, okay. whether you believe it or not. But I, I'm curious that you don't believe in hell 
and you dismiss the Bible as being an old ancient book, so therefore objective truth doesn't exist, but you're quoting John 4.20 to us. So why are you trying to use a book that doesn't mean anything to you? Because I recognize that it means something to other people, and I do want to be respectful of that. And I understand that. You want to be respectful while you're tagging. It's not tagging. It's chalk, and it's a sidewalk, and it'll be washed away with the rain. I know, but it is, I mean, it is uh, coming and sort of passive-aggressively, you know, riding on our sidewalk. Yeah, I would never come into somebody else's place of sanctuary and say anything, which is why I've never come in in the first place, because I don't want to be mean or anything but i just want to give some other people hope because i understand that people do believe this that it makes me a little sad okay but when other people see this it does hurt them and i want people to know that somebody is there who cares i love that i love that you care so much too can i and i know that you're uh you're in tune with the idea of of trying to affirm what other people would like and things. Mm-hmm. Can I now just ask you yeah. and tell you what I would like is for you to come and talk to me one-on-one to try to have a conversation about these signs okay. rather than to communicate in this way. Now that you know my wills and my what would make me happy, will you honor that and, and not tag our sidewalk anymore? I mean, I can't guarantee that I won't come out and chalk, but, but I would love to have a conversation. But you said that you, you like, you, you said defi- that your definition of love is to try to affirm what other people, what makes them happy. And what will make me happy is if we talk and that you don't do the chalk. Can I tell you something? I would love to do that, but these signs make so many people unhappy. I, it really, I. So love is only, love is only subjective then to- toward your people. You no, won't love that's us. Because I've explained, expressed to you that you what will make me happy is if yeah. you don't. It would make me so very happy if you would take these down. If I stop talking, will you take these down and stop writing homophobic things on your sign? No, but I'm not working with your definition of love. Okay. I'm just trying to and hold you consistent to your definition. I mean, I, I, I mean, if I was I'm working, not stop talking. If I was working from your definition of love, then I would say that's a reasonable request. But my definition of love is keeping the commandments, as Jesus okay. says. Okay. But your definition of love is subjective, and, and you said it's about affirming someone's happiness. But then when I ask you to help me be happy by not chalking our sidewalk, you say, well, no, because other people are being hurt. So see, do you see how your, your definition is, is This is squishy? the first time I've ever met you, and I do have a loving community of queer people. So while okay. I would love to have a conversation with you about these things, I cannot guarantee that I'm going to stop talking because while I could love you, I've already been loved by my community for a very long time, and these things have shown that you do not love me. So I am going to keep helping the loving community, but I would also love to have a conversation with so you. So you won't, you don't love all people. You're twisting my words. No, I'm just asking you to be very consistent with your reasoning. That's all I'm asking, is to logically carry out your definition of love. Do you see how it's subjective and it's squishy? Mm, and I think this conversation is getting a little silly and I'm gonna go ahead and leave now. Certainly. But I would yeah. love to have a conversation. But I appreciate that. I appreciate that you engage with me on this because yeah, I, ho- I hope you see that. I don't mean. I'm not meaning to hurt anybody with any of these things. Um, what, that's not what I'm trying to do. Any of that. I just want people to know, people that have faced, you know, some hardships throughout their life just for existing the way that they do, that somebody cares, even though these things are here. Even though Ferndale is a very small community, there are still people 
who love that community. Yeah, we love them too. That's why we don't want to see anything bad happen to them for eternity. Yeah, I do have to ask, if we did have a conversation, would you try to tell me that I'm unhappy the way I am? Well, first I would want to get to know you and know who you are and okay. what and what you might be unhappy in. And okay. then I, as a pastor, I would just bring scripture into that and let you wrestle with that yourself. Okay. That's what I do. Um, but I, I do operate from a objective truth. I think the, the Bible is the word of God. And so I'd be happy to point out those things and let you and your heart deal with it. That, okay. I mean, we don't force anyone into anything. We communicate truth. Right. And anytime you see something on the sign that you don't like, I mean, just knock on the door and say, hey, pastor, can we talk about that? Really? Yeah, I'd be happy. Well, and then maybe- I'd love, and I, I'd love that opportunity. Yeah, because I would love to actually, I mean, I, I'm not above thinking I, I have blind spots. So if I'm missing something, that makes me I would love to, to talk about that. Can I give you a hug? Of course. Sorry if I'm talking. Yeah, no, that's okay. Thank you. Of course. While a bold law gospel witness will cause reporters to paint you as a hater, will cause some brothers to want you to censor yourself, it will also provide opportunities for conversations where truth can begin to penetrate the soul. My friends, speak truth to lies. Be bold. Or in the words of Seth Kinman, look for a fair opening and bang away. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Cross Defense. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at kfuo.org.